This is Haunted America Radio. With your host, Al Shepard. And now, Haunted America Radio. Welcome. I'm Al Shepard. As I promised last episode, we'll begin with the conclusion of Do Not Open by author Michael Gore from his book of the same name, Do Not Open. You may find his books on Amazon and wherever fine books are sold. So let's listen to part two of Do Not Open. After a quick internet search, she found out she had to have a mini DV camcorder attached to the television through wires to watch the video. If Dad had all of these, then he had to have a camera. How else would he watch them, or made the tapes for that matter? It took Tia over an hour of searching through closets, drawers, and boxes before she found the camera. And when she did, her gut sank. Dad had a camera, all right. It was in his underwear drawer, right underneath the television in his bedroom. The part that made her sick was that her dad had drilled a hole in the back of the dresser so the wires could come out the back and into the television. Whatever was on these tapes, Dad watched enough to drill a hole so it could stay always set up. Throw them away, baby girl. Come on, throw them away. Get back to work. The voice sounded so clear in her head. Her dad, her loving dad, warning, pleading with her. Yet she ignored it and took the tape from the April of 1992 to Dad's room, powered on the television, popped in the tape, and sat on the bed. Switching over to the correct input, a bright blue fuzziness filled the screen. Stop it! Stop it! Throw them all away! The words boomed in the room, out loud. Tia jumped up and felt those tiny darts in her heart again as she looked around the room in a panic. It was her dad's voice, clear as day, but angrier and louder than she had ever heard it. Shaking off the darts, she told herself she was hearing things. It was part of the grief process and turned to the screen that was flickering. Wavy lines jumped and scrolled until they finally settled on what she recognized as her dad's dank and dirty basement wall. There was a metal chair and nothing else in the shot. The image sat there still, scuffling noises in the background. When a young man, maybe in his mid-twenties, shuffled into the shot, his mouth gagged, his hands tied, Tia let out an audible gasp. While it would still destroy every image and understanding she had of her father, she prayed that her dad was into some sort of weird BDSM. She was not that lucky. With the man sitting in the chair, it looked like some sort of grainy hostage video. What she didn't understand was why the man willingly and calmly sat down. Did her dad have a gun pointed at him? Was it some sort of role play? After a few seconds, the camera zoomed in a bit on the man, filling the screen with his head and shoulders. Suddenly, the light started to flicker in the basement, and she could hear her dad's voice 
the voice she missed so much. Please accept the sacrifice we give you. Tia was feeling sick as she watched the man start to squirm nervously. A few seconds later, a man walked behind the guy in the chair. When the knife appeared in her dad's hand, and it was his hand, he'd always had that misshapen mole at the bottom of his thumb that she used to call his smushed raisin. Tia closed her eyes. The words her dad said didn't penetrate her mind as she squeezed them shut together tighter than she ever had. The only thing she could hear was the wet sawing sound, followed by the sick gurgling noise and the eventual thud. Tia didn't even open her eyes when she fell off the bed onto her knees and vomited into her dad's flower print mini trash can. Wiping her mouth with a sleeve, she opened her eyes and sucked in fresh air, trying to grasp a tiny bit of sanity as her world crashed down around her. She had to shut the video off. Getting up, she stumbled towards the television, but froze when she saw the screen. The camera had pulled back out. It showed more of the basement than before. The man's body was on the floor, a lake of blood forming around his head and shoulders, but that was to be expected. What wasn't expected was seeing her 20-something-year-old self on the screen, standing next to her dad who was cleaning his bloody hands. Why do you always get to cut them, Dad? She heard herself say in a whiny, coy voice she had never used in her life. You know why, honey. If you do it, you'll never be free. This is my responsibility. Tia was frozen in disbelief. She had to be having a mental break because what she was saying was utterly impossible. Dad could never hurt a fly, let alone kill people, and I would, I would never. Tia's brain was on overload. She wanted it all to stop, and she wished she had heeded the warning and thrown the damn box away. You ready to eat, sweetheart? The man, who she could no longer think of as her dad, asked on the screen. Tia whispered, no. Just as her younger self giddily exclaimed that she was, she ripped the camcorder out of the drawer and threw it onto the bed, killing the awful video feed. Tia drank half a bottle of bourbon. It burned like hellfire and made her want to puke again. Yet, it did nothing to calm her nerves. Sitting in the kitchen, the house silent, she racked her brain trying to figure out how what she saw could be real. She didn't have the tiniest of memories of anything in that video, not even a vague deja vu. How could she have no memories of her father murdering a man in front of her? Wait, there had to be three dozen tapes. Was that randomly the only one I was in? The only murder? The thought made the bourbon start to bubble up in her throat. Mathematically, her pulling out the only video of her, it was, Why do you always get to cut them, Daddy? She had to be in the others. Hooking the camera back up, setting the black box and all of the evil little tapes next to her, she felt like she was prepping for her own execution. She had to know. She had to understand how her perfect dad could have done such things. Start from the beginning. 
She heard her dad's voice say in her head as she grabbed the very first tape, labeled 91374. The second she put in the tape and pushed play, she jumped at the sound of another bottle falling off its high perch and shattering on the floor. Hearing the shards skitter to a rest, she knew something deeper was going on than she could fathom. The second this video started to play, she could tell it was a transfer from an old Super 8 film. There was no sound, and the image was so grainy it was hard to tell that it was her four-year-old head until it came into focus. Her tiny, smiling face looked happy as she waved to the camera. It made Tia grin and feel warm before she realized that the video was going to turn dark very soon. Within seconds, the tiny Tia stopped smiling, stopped waving, and looked dead into the camera. Her small mouth started to say something. Tia couldn't read lips, but she could tell it was the same words over and over. Then a tiny trickle of blood leaked out of her left eye, like a lone red tear, leaving a snail trail of deep red down her cheek. Seconds later, the lens cracked. Tia didn't understand anything she was seeing. The image of her was followed by a cut. The crack was now gone and the shot of a man talking to her young father in a kitchen. Tiny Tia sat in the background playing with dolls. They started to argue. Then little Tia noticed, stood up, and then the man just dropped to the floor, his head slamming so hard onto the yellow parsley patterned linoleum floor it could have fractured. The film cut. This was not the answer. It was more confusion. One by one, Tia put the tapes in. Every time she hit play, a bottle fell off the shelf and shattered, as if an imaginary string was connected from the play button to each one. Video after video, she grew more confused. The killing didn't start until the fourth one. Of course, young Tia was right there next to her dad, who looked terrified the first time he sliced a neck. As the videos went on, he got more and more confident until he seemed to truly enjoy the gruesome task. Tia herself grew from a mere toddler to the ripe old age of nine when her mother made a cameo appearance in one of the films. There was the screaming and the crying, and it ended with her dad holding her mom down in a puddle of blood to stop her from flailing her arms. Little Tia had skipped to the camera to shut it off while the ordeal happened. When she looked at the date on the box, she was not surprised to see that it was the day before Mom's suicide. I should not have opened the box. Tia had no clue what time it was when she got down in the last video. The sun had disappeared and the blackness had taken over the room ages ago, leaving her sitting in nothing but the blue flickering light of murder. Even though she had no clue how many bottles her dad had in his office, she knew at that moment that there was only one left on the shelf as she popped in the last tape. The shattering sound seemed to echo louder this time. The video date was the same as the day her dad had died. While disgusted and broken, part of her felt sad as if it was the last video of her dad she would get to see. When the screen came on, 
Just like the other videos, she saw the basement and the chair. Though this time, it was her dad sitting in the chair, sitting and staring at the camera with sad eyes. Then she saw herself walk into the frame. Ironically, she was wearing the same dingy gray Bahamas or bust shirt she had on now. Two weeks ago, Tia looked sad, just like her dad. Are you sure about this, Dad? The audio on the screen was subtle and hard to hear, but Tia suddenly did not need to hear it. She remembered her dad's words. She remembered the feel of his life going out of his body and how absolutely crushing it was. Remember, put the tape in the box, bring it to the safety deposit box, then throw the key in the river. You have to do it fast. The bank is only open for another few hours. You cannot go tomorrow. You won't remember. And if you find the box after that, no one can help you. I made it think it was me all these years. When I die, it might be fooled. It might move on. If you don't do this and you find the tapes and a single memory comes back. Oh, God. Oh, baby. Please, please promise me you'll lock them away. I've worked so hard to make your life good. I don't want to ruin it now. Tia's mouth was dry. She could feel something in her brain start to fire and feel hazy and funny. In a way, it felt like there was a massive pressurized container deep underwater that was about to explode in her head and poison everything. I kept it away as long as I could. I hope this time it will be forever. This was all for you. Her dad sobbed on the screen. Tia closed her eyes as she heard the last line, not wanting to see how she was about to induce a heart attack. Why didn't she listen? The one time she didn't listen. Just as the video went static, the room suddenly filled with a dense humidity, as if steam room jets started blasting. Her skin moistened from the dampness, and the static electricity started to dance up and down her arms as she felt the thing enter the room and stand behind her. When the metallic baritone voice said her name in a booming whisper, she wiped a tear from her eye and saw that it was blood. Looking down at the three words etched in the metal box, Do not open! Tia took a deep breath as she prepared to take over her dad's role. That was the conclusion of Do Not Open. You can purchase the book Do Not Open by Michael Gore on Amazon right now. Be sure to listen to my next episode for another great tale from another great writer. Now here is today's interview. Sarah Strong is a starseed and a lightworker. She's a starseed coach and a divine feminine activator. She helps people through their spiritual awakening process and deep soul exploration and many other things. Sarah came from a rough upbringing, survived drugs and alcohol, and put all of that behind her using deep spiritual practices. She's lived all over the world, in Sydney, Australia, London, England, Japan, She's traveled throughout Europe, North Africa, India, Thailand, and Nepal. Now she lives in the United States. Sarah has experienced many things, and she's here to share some of her insights with us today. So please welcome Sarah Strong. 
tell me about Sarah. Sarah's got a lot of things, as, uh, as, as I referenced in the introduction. I don't even know where to start here. So I guess, I guess we start at the beginning. You are a light worker. Yes. Explain what that, explain what that is, please. Well, it's a good question. So I have been traveling our galaxy and outer galaxies for the extent of my soul life to collect light codes and information, basically learning from many, many different races, very advanced races like the Pleiadians, Arcturians, Andromedans, Syrians. So all of the star people have been basically spending lots of time honing my skills as a psychic, a medium, a channel. Um, they carry empathic qualities, telepathic qualities, been honing all of those skills and chose to come to earth at this time because of the great awakening that we're coming into now, the age of Aquarius. So I hold those light codes and I'm here to share them with anyone who would like to be fully realized in their soul and be fully awakened. So oftentimes, you know, people can just see me and be like, oh my God, you know, um, I, I have soul recognition with people. I've been meeting a lot of people recently who are soul family. We've been finding each other. That helps enhance the light. So it, light worker means I'm here to share light. That in the most basic answer and how I've done that is you know a lot of prerequisite a lot of um a lot of work in the background <laughs> in order to I'm a, I I hold a huge a very high frequency of light so that that was the that's the point is that there's many 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 light workers and I, I know there's many beautiful light workers I had a very specific I have a very specific mission is to come and share the highest frequency of light that earth has known thus far and there's many of us here I just know that that is my mission here okay so how did you discover that that's what your mission was I mean what what age did you or or have you just always known it so I feel like I was always different and the journey, I was a psychic child, I could read minds, although I was brought up as a Christian. So I didn't tell anyone that I could do that. I intuitively knew that it wasn't a good idea for me. It wasn't a safe environment for me to tell my mom or to, you know, share that with people in my life. So I kept it quiet until I was 37 years old. And then I met someone who had a mother who was very famously uh, psychic. She read for um, quite high profile people. And he helped me to understand that I was a psychic a medium, a channel. I have also clairvoyance and audience and like lots of, lots of the clairs as well. So he gave me a language and he said, oh, you're a, an empath. So I started to study these things. I started to read about them and how to handle these qualities, these gifts, because they really didn't feel like gifts in my life. It was very intense, like knowing so much information, especially as a child trying to process that level of information. So it was 37. I first learned that I had certain abilities and then from then, from 37, I started to hear my guides very, very clearly. They asked me to find, they said, go and find 
something. And that something turned out to be a book by Alana Fairchild called Crystal Masters 333. And I read that book. And the information in that book was all about all of the Ascended Masters from Christ to Mother Mary to Kuan Yin to Lady Master Nada to Saint Germain, Lao Tzu, Buddha, like all of them. Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda was in there, like literally every single Ascended Master who's walked this earth from every modality and every spiritual pathway. And that aligned me. I got activated to their energy fields in order to help me to step into my um, light, my true light work and, and align to, we're all Ascended Masters here, it's just aligning. It's when we align to that energy, then we start to switch ourselves on, that we start to get soul memories come back. And um, since, since, since then, that was 2016, I started reading that book. And then so the, the, the ensuing couple of years just opened me up greatly to their energy and their and their guidance okay yeah i've been trying to open myself up a little more somehow but apparently i have the psychic ability of a rock so um <laughs> I, 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 I went that to much, Ellen. i don't know i went to a, a hypnosis session and paid for all that to go through past life regression and i got almost nothing uh, basically, you know, they're, when, when they're trying to put you under and they're like, you know, uh, uh, visualize yourself as a, a, a blue glob of something or other. I don't even remember what it said now, but it's like, think of myself as water or something like that. And all that. Mm -hmm. I cannot visualize any of that stuff in my head. I'm mm -hmm. just laying there going, all right, she wants me to think that I'm this, but I'm not, this isn't working. And I just yeah. felt like I was there for five hours and just it didn't work. It didn't. It So I don't know if it's something on my end or what, but yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, I think a rock pretty much describes my, my psychic <laughs> ability, but, but now I know why, because you've hogged it all. So <laughs> You might be right. I, I do doubt that very much. I'm sure you have some psychic ability to run this show. You need some, I'm sure. Nah. Um, so, Okay, so your your thing also said star seed. So I believe that means you are from somewhere else. Yes, is that yes. true? Okay. Yes, indeed. Do you, do, do, do you know where? Yes. So I'm Pleiadian. Okay. Pleiadian is my primary, and then there's other lifetimes that I've had in different star systems as well. So mm -hmm. everyone out there will every single being here is from the stars. Every single hum, humans are made up of all star races like we created earth you know the star beings created earth as a playground as a place to come and experience the senses as a place to come and expand and grow and experience joy and pain and love and sadness and all of the emotions that that we're so gifted with here and so yeah star seed means that you that you are being from the from the stars have come into body have chosen so there's agreements that you that you agree to before you come into body is that every time you come through the earth portal you agree to soul amnesia because coming through with any memory of your soul means that you wouldn't have the experiences that 
will enhance your soul's experience. So you agree to soul amnesia, you also set up all of the souls that you're on a journey with. It's it's there's it's quite a big conference before you come into body. And yep, often right. these conferences, sorry, the, I'll I'll let you speak in a minute. Alex. No, no problem. No, you're the guest. You do the speaking. <laughs> often these conferences have happened over, in Earth terms, millennia. You you go and meet someone in some star system. You're like, look, I'm going to go to Earth at this moment in space, there is no time in other dimensions. And they're like, will you come and help me? Will you come and be a guide for me? Will you help me to remember my soul? So you kind of line up all these different souls to come and guide you. And then you also line up other beings that you want to travel in body with. So like you choose your parents, you choose your family, you choose literally the souls that you're going to start to journey with here as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I was good. What's your belief around that? Do you agree with this? Yes, I was just going to say I've uh, uh, read uh, different books by Michael Newton, who uh, uh, is uh, big in the la- uh, life between lives things where they talk about bringing people in regression back into the spirit world, where they talk about reviewing your past life and then also setting up your next life, choosing who you're going to be, choosing who your parents are, choosing basically some of the bigger difficulties that you're going to go through in that life. Uh, yep. Of course, you've always got free will to veer off that path at some time. Yes. So my thought has always been as enlightened as you are, doesn't that contradict the point of having soul amnesia when you come into this life? Are you, are you, are you, Hurting yourself by being so enlightened? (laughs) (laughs) Your original purpose, I mean? So, okay. So, awesome point. And just absolutely brilliant question because I've never, ever been asked that question and I love it. And there's there's a brilliant, like a really brilliant answer to that. Well, I love to play devil's advocate, so. Yes, it's brilliant, Alan. (laughs) And and, uh, for everyone out there, do you like being called Alan or Al? Either one works for me. Okay, uh, just, okay, I mean, I've been, I, I got a couple ex-wives that have called me even worse than that. So you can call, <laughs> you can call me almost anything and it'll be fine. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so basically when there's a period of time that in childhood, adolescence, early adulthood, coming into like, out of the 20s into the 30s into the 40s so like living for 40 actually 37 years in in almost almost total amnesia that is that was a long a long time right a long time to not have a fucking clue not like like literally i was just drinking and drugging and partying and having a bunch of sex and like a lot just fucking around in life. I'd never really had a career. I got married, didn't have to work. Like it was a lot. I mean, I, I, I did do shit, but you know, nothing that I want to talk about right now, but, um, <laughs> that's, a, that's for another show. That's for another show. <laughs> you know, but like, that's a really long time to, to fuck shit up. Like I fucked shit up for a really long time. So yes, I had soul amnesia and this is, it's so brilliant. And this is such a brilliant question. 
Alan. So what ha- what we do as a soul, like I am a realized soul. So I did want to awaken and continue to awaken and and continue to awaken. And I'm con- always continuing like more and more and more awakening, right? So I'm still not fully awakened because the moment that happens. You won't be here. I will die. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, I will you, die. Go, you, you will have learned everything you need to learn here and it's time to go back to the spirit world. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I had a very traumatic upbringing. It's why I have, I don't have family that I talk to here. I have family on the other side who are my guides and my loves. And, you know, I have beautiful friends who I, you know, who I, who I meet here and uh, like hang out with. So basically why I chose to awaken fully, you know, in my knowing my soul, like I remember my, like, my soul and I, I connect with past, past lives and it's just the human, the, the human part is there's always something to do. There's always something to awaken. So yes, am I enlightened? Yeah, I'm enlightened. I know, the, I know the game here. I know this is a matrix. I know this is an illusion. There's tons of shit that I know that other people would just be like, you are batshit fucking crazy, bitch. <laughs> and yes, I, I, I am that. I am batshit fucking crazy. But guess what? This world is batshit fucking crazier than oh, yeah. me. Oh, like, yeah. This, the, what I know is the truth. And um, so I came, I, I, was, I was silenced for a really long time. Like even when 2020 first happened, I knew everything. I knew everything that was going to happen. I, I've, I had a soul memory when I was first conceived. I did a timeline check to make sure it was 2020 and that I could feel the split of energy between the consciousness of beings that chose to believe the lies and the other lot that don't, that are where rule breakers and do not believe the lies that I hear. Um, I, I timeline check at, at the moment of my fucking conception. And I only had that memory recently. Like I've only had that memory back in the last three and a half years. I did not know that until now. Except I know now because I am the holder of codes. I am a I am a trailblazer for New Earth. I'm here to hold the frequency so that people go, holy fuck, there's someone that understands what's happening. There's someone that holds the frequency. I am a being that I'm holding the frequency so people know where the fuck to go. In New Earth, for awakening, to help them awaken, I'm an activator, so... I mean, any listeners out there who are, like relate to being a starseed, who relate to having issues in at, in childhood, and, like really, like sometimes really hate this place and want to die. Like if you're a starseed and you've wanted to die in your life, that's a very fucking normal thing to feel as a starseed. And it's okay. Like there is like ways to feel better. There's ways to feel more integrated here. There is... Like, like, just reach out to me. I want to help all my fucking family, all my starseed family. Uh, I'm here to help them. You know, I'm here to help the starseeds who want to awaken, who have a tribe to serve, who love being here. Um, that well, maybe they don't love yet, love it yet, but their soul loves being here. Their soul is the one that that got them here, and you know, I know. Um, just being in the density of the body is sometimes very overwhelming. And many star seeds look, could be like going through fibro, fibromyalgia and or lots of other autoimmune diseases and 
these things because it's just very difficult to yeah to be in body what, as a from what i've heard as for all the other places you could be this is almost like the this is earth is the hardest <laughs> of all the places to come to yep. sur if you can survive here pretty much you can survive anywhere so uh, <laughs> yeah it's like it's basically hell Al. <laughs> so 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 I got to go back now to when you saw yourself at the moment of conception. Was it just you and a million of your friends all circling around at one time? And <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> anyway, yes. moving right along. Um... <laughs> Uh, anyway, if you're you're a coach, I am uh, definitely trying to learn anything I can about myself and how to open up. And so far, the meditation thing isn't working quite the way I planned. But uh, yeah, uh, because uh, like I said, I, I I can't seem to. I always thought I had a great imagination, but now I, I can't seem to visualize anything. Guided meditation does not work for me because it just. I, I can't see any of the stuff they're telling me I need to see. So yep. therefore I wind up falling asleep every time I try to meditate. So Yeah. Um Well there's so. plenty of ways there's plenty of ways to skin a cat, Alan, and I'm I'm happy to go hunting with you. <laughs> cat hunting. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um let's see. Let's see. What else does this say? Star Seed Coach. Divine feminine activation coach. What exactly is that? So basically I work with women in like an on an emotional level to help them connect with the goddess that that who that they are at a like a very core level and it, I'm very connected to ancient Egyptian energy I have a like a deep knowledge and wisdom of tantra and this energy um it's not sexual it's not a sexual energy it literally is harnessing the most sacred energy in your body like men and women hold that wisdom inside their body in the sacrum in the kundalini energy so i help i help predominantly women i haven't worked with any men with regards to awakening the divine feminine, but men can awaken their divine feminine as well. Like it's not, it's probably better for a man to work with a man to do that. You know, we're coming into the age of Aquarius and we're getting these really beautiful blue light surges coming in to earth that are like uplifting the energy for everyone. Like no one needs to know this, but if they want to know, they can go to my Facebook page under Sarah Strong, and I have some links on there that t talk about the blue light surges that are coming in. We're all receiving them. You do not need to know about it. You do not need to have meditated for a thousand fucking years. You just are, it, all of Earth is receiving the, this energy right now. So everything is shifting. So coming into next year, that there's uh, all this information is in the video. If you want to watch it, go to my Facebook page and and. Um, add me on Facebook if you if you if, if you want. Just send me a personal message that you've heard this podcast, and then I will add you back as a friend. I I try and avoid adding complete strangers on my Facebook page. I like to know. Gee, the people I wonder that, why. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can I can see where you would do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's these shifts that are happening because of all this amazing uplifting energy that that's coming into Earth currently, and so the, working with the divine awakening, the divine feminine, is really like getting. I do workshops. I do it one on one. It's really going deep with someone, understand, like helping them understand that they are a goddess, that they hold these codes, they hold this wisdom in, like women hold wisdom in their cells, in their body, in their womb, and I help women switch it on. I mean, everything I've learned over the years about women is that I have no idea what their brain looks like on the inside, but you're able to like multitask like a hundred things at once, I guess, when a guy has all he can do to concentrate on one. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So this, this is actually physiological, Ellen. So women actually do have more synapses that go, that connect the left and right brain hemispheres, which means like actually scientifically they have a more like higher capability of being able to multitask it, but they've done tests on the brain about multitasking and it's actually not although a woman needs to do it if she's got children and she's cooking and she's talking on the phone and if she needs like if you need to then it's obvious obviously something they can do but they've done studies about people in like a work environment trying to do three things at once it basically just stresses the brain you, you're better off just focusing on one thing even even women in the, the like in an in a office environment is better just to focus on one thing complete the task because the brain uses different areas of itself to complete different tasks and if you're straining it from one to the next to the next continuously you you actually just will tire yourself out quicker they've done many studies on this i don't i feel like i i listen to this on a, a podcast probably with joe rogan or someone like that yeah i can i can see where men would you know concentrate on on their job all day and then come home and then food sports sex sleep that's about it that's about a guy's life right there i think that's <laughs> pretty much sums it up except, I, except i've never been normal so <laughs> sports don't mean yes. much of anything to me and uh yeah so. you've got to give yourself a bit more credit than that <laughs> come on Oh, okay. So let's see here. Uh, just going back through your, your intro again here. Um, so you help people align with their higher purpose and yep. what it means to be a light worker and, and you're changing perceptions. Um, so tell me about this journaling with, uh, journeying with psychedelics. Uh, have you had experience with that as well? Yes, I have many times. Is there a particular one you recommend or don't recommend? <laughs> so I I will never make any recommendations at all. I will talk about my own experience because I believe truly that every single one of us has our own divine guidance that will guide us into something when it's needed and guide us out of it when we don't need it. And in my experience, I, I got very, very, very strong messages that it was time to do ceremony. And I only ever either microdose. Oh my God. 
<laughs> probably need to do that. Somebody, somebody wants you to change the subject. <laughs> Bobby, come in. Sorry, that was my dog. I'm like I hope it's your dog, because if it's a boyfriend, <laughs> you're in trouble. Hi, for those of you who've just tuned in, everyone here is a crazy person. Sean the non-believer. Sean. Sean. Yeah. Sorry, Alvin. No problem. Um, we've got we've got a happy hour happening in the backyard. Lots of dogs. Um. So yeah. So. Coming back, yes, yeah, so I've done a lot of psilocybin um, in either microdosing, just I was doing it quite regularly, like once a week at, at one point. Now I'm just doing a little bit more sporadically, but I got called in, like I heard my guides very clearly. They, they asked me to start journeying with the medicine of psilocybin and ayahuasca and I was very guided in. I found amazing practitioners that held the space and I have had many, 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 um, a lot of wisdom revealed, many messages. I met my dragons in my ayahuasca ceremony and now I travel with the dragons. I'm very connected to the dragon realm. I just, it, what, what it does is it opens up the part of the brain that we don't have access to in our waking life. And so it really, it just highlighted so much of my psyche that, and it cleared. I I would go in with very clear intentions of what I wanted to receive. I had very bad body dysmorphia, like basically my whole life until the mushrooms cleared, cleared it out and they just cleaned me of the energy of shame that like, that the dysmorphia was connected to. I just go in with very strong intentions and the mushrooms really have helped me to like birth new energy for me and the earth. I would do like hiking ceremony and very deep work um, with mother earth and with my own energy field clearing and, you know, kind of calling in some the high frequencies. So yes, it's not for everyone. And if, you know, the, the spirit is calling you, your guides are calling you in, then it is a very beautiful pathway. It's an amazing, amazing space to recover from PTSD for certain people and, you know, really getting in touch with those deeper emotions. If you don't want to do years of therapy, it can just, it goes straight to the root cause in these journeys, in this, in this specifically ceremonial um, medicine. Good. Yeah, I've uh, I know a few people, and they've been asking uh, questions about uh, different mushrooms and things like that. And uh, me, I had no idea, so I just figured I would find out whatever I could from you uh, mm -hmm. for those that are for those that are wondering. Uh, let's see, there was something that I thought about a few minutes ago, and then I forgot about it, but. I'll, Going back a little bit, you said you really didn't start becoming enlightened until 37, but yet you had all these psychic abilities all during that time. So is that, I guess, it, 
I guess there must be a way to separate one from the other where you were thinking, okay, I'm psychic, but never gave any thought to any of the other part of it, the spirit part. Is that probably what I'm what I'm hearing? So I started meditating in like 2001, 2002. And I didn't stop until I've never stopped. And so I feel like this was a way to nurture myself so that I wouldn't go completely insane in a way. Oh, Baba, I want, to put, I want him to go outside. Hold on, sorry. Um, can you hear that background noise now? I can hear it. Well, I hear the dog, but I can hear a TV too, it sounds like. I'm going to see if he can stay out there for a bit. So, yeah, so my meditation journey has been for more than 20 years. So I know that that specifically helped me generally just be a better person because I was very highly strung. I was like a bit of a bitch and I really, I, I didn't know how to handle so much information all the time. So basically, I started abusing substances when I was 16. I started smoking weed. Then I started abusing hard drugs. Yeah, from 17 onwards, I was basically alcoholic drug addict for 21 years. That's kind of how I handled the gifts, if you like. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy journey. And at 37, I, I, I stopped drinking drugging. I, I got sober. And... Um, Yes, so then I I really started to wake up. I really started to be able to feel it and then spirit helped me and brought this person. That's something else I wanted to share actually before about waking up the soul. We plant people in our lives, experiences, people, situations that help switch on. Like so they come into your life at a certain time. Yeah, to help us yep. switch on uh, our DNA, help help us have soul memory and as they do that and then you know we go and learn about it then we start to be able to nurture it and expand it so it sounds like well except for the psychic part uh, you and i got somewhat of a similar path uh my father died when i was seven and my mother immediately went and bought a bar room so i uh grew up for three, four years in a bar room and then she married an alcoholic. Mm. And then, so, uh, I became an alcoholic at like 15 yep. and, uh, went down that route. And finally, I think I was 30 when I finally quit drinking completely and, uh, and stopped everything. So we're, we're sort of on the same path there, except I have the psychic ability, psychic ability of a rock. So, and you don't, so, um, <laughs> that's where it ends. <laughs> yeah. So, but someone has recently come into my life about a year ago, which is opening me up to more of all of this stuff that I never thought of before. My radio show used to be about haunted houses, like every other radio paranormal show, you know? Yeah. Um, but yet even back then, 
I was always more interested, not so much in the person stuck behind haunting the house. I want to know about the person who successfully crossed over. And yes. what is it like on the other side? What is it like in what is it like in heaven? You know? Yes. Um, and that's uh that was where I was coming from when I restarted this podcast this year was that's what I want to learn more about. And as I was reading Michael Newton's books and a couple other books and just watching different things, um, I got my uh, subscription to Gaia Network and just watching all of that, it just really started sending me down this other path as far as the spirit world and, and star seeds and things like that and channeling. Never even heard of channeling till six <laughs> months ago. Wow. So, so speaking of that, you said you were a channel as well, right? Yes, so correct. Who do you who do you channel? Anybody in particular or So I can channel whomever. I only obviously channel beings of the light. And I channel predominantly people's guides. So I am an intuitive coach and people come to me to open themselves up to get activated in their gifts to understand themselves on a deeper level to even start businesses and expand that so and expand into like they basically I call it expansion coaching because people come to me and they bring one thing in and I open a channel I invite their guides in and their guides will help them expand that into sometimes a fully fledged business sometimes making a very important decision sometimes you know having a full journey of emotional healing creating, you know, breaking up from like toxic relationships, things along those lines. People come to me also to get activated in their starseed gifts to to open that up. So generally I'm either channeling the star beings, the galactics, well they're the same, um, but different different races, different galactic races, guides, spirit guides. I also I can channel the angels, the ascended masters, they all come in, beings like Isis um Athena sometimes spirit animals come through and if if someone has a specific desire to connect with their guides different guides come in from I the question I ask people is do you want to connect to your guides on planet or off planet so I'll help people connect with their loved ones maybe like someone who's recently passed who is coming back to be their guide, transitioning relationship if people have lost pets, transitioning the relationship to what is it look like now they're on the other side. So I, I've helped people do all of those things. Okay. Yeah, because I know a lot of the people I've seen on TV are like channeling a specific group or a specific person or something. So I didn't yeah. know if that's what you were doing or, or you're just generally – channeling it sounds like more mediumship and things like that so yeah okay oh i'm All a right. medium as well i forgot to say that <laughs> well yeah what, what you just described pretty much sounds like a medium so <laughs> yeah. okay um let's see we it says you've lived globally you've lived everywhere so obviously you were born in australia i because you haven't yes. lost the accent. <laughs> yes. Um, you've been in London, Manchester, Sydney, Japan, Europe, North Africa, India, Thailand, Nepal. So how did you wind up where you are now? Out of, all the out of all the places you've been. So 
Give How did you land one. where you are? Yeah, so like, it's a great question. So I basically, I was living in Australia, not my favorite place to live after living all over the world. I was back in Perth, back in my, the town that I grew up in. And I got offered a role, a job in Miami. And so I moved to Miami for two years. And then I quit that job at, at the beginning of 2020 and became a coach, which gave me the ability I'm an online coach, so it gave me the ability to travel. And so from Miami, I moved to Key West for a while. Then Key West, I got very, like every time I heard the word Sedona, I got tingles in my body and I thought, I, okay, I must go to Sedona. So I was say, because who live... moves away from Key West? Know, Everyone moves that. to it. Nobody yeah. moves away. <laughs> exactly. So I had a calling to Sedona, which was in Arizona, obviously. And I knew that I couldn't live in Sedona, but when I came to Phoenix, I, I, I fell in love with the energy here and I, I knew that I was to settle here and I'm like a couple of hours away from Sedona, so it's a really easy trip. And I love living in the valley of Phoenix. I love the desert, the energy. I was going to say, is it 120 degrees there in the summertime, is it? or It's it's sometimes 120 in the summer, but it is now like 60 in the winter when the rest of the, you know, most of the rest of the U.S. is um, is frozen. <laughs> what are we right now? We're 34 degrees here right now. Oh, wow. So, yes. Yeah. Cold. I thought I, I thought I went far enough south because I started in Where Vermont. Where are you? I'm in uh, just outside Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, beautiful. Nice. Um, I started out in Vermont for the first years of my life, uh, but then I got tired of 35 below zero and two feet of snow. So I said, I'll come south. So I came south, but apparently I didn't go south far enough. <laughs> so, um, no. But my first wife had uh, relatives in Apache Junction. So oh. they used to tell stories about how they uh, came home and had a rattlesnake wrapped around their toilet. Or uh, or uh, or tarantulas, you know, size of a dinner plate uh, in their house and stuff. And I'm like, you can have all that <laughs> crap. I don't want to get anywhere near it. So I, I applaud you for being able to put up with all of that. Oh well, I I don't live. I actually lived in Cave Creek over this last summer. I saw one snake, and that was scary enough. I have a little dog, and luckily I was actually carrying him, and the snake just went straight across my path as I was walking almost like into my yard. So yeah, I've seen, I've seen some lots of javelinas and things. So nothing that scary. I've never seen a rattlesnake or anything. So it's, I've okay. seen one scorpion that I don't like scorpions. I no. love, I'm a huge animal lover. The Those animals aren't animals. That I, <laughs> <not> an animal. <laughs> Those are not animals. No, no. I no. did not. I did not like the, it. So those, those are, those are horror things. things. Yeah. I drove across the country once, and I remember stopping at a rest area. I believe it was Arizona or New Mexico. I don't know which, but big sign as soon as you go into the rest area, you know, beware of poisonous snakes and spiders. And like, <laughs> All right, we we won't be resting here long. Okay, <laughs> so we'll be moving right along now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know how. Uh, 
So out of all the other places that you lived, is there one that's your favorite or are you just happy moving around and all over? And Well, Phoenix is my favorite now. Now, In yeah. In the world, one of my other favorites is Thailand. Okay. I love Thailand. And Sydney is Sydney's pretty special as well. Sydney is a very special city. Mm-hmm. And very cosmopolitan. It was when I lived there it was an amazing experience. I really loved that. And London is a is definitely a piece of my heart is in London as well. I uh never been out of the country and never felt a need to go. So um but I can see where some of them places would be cool. I always think Ireland would be kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's cool. So how long have you been where you're at? Since 2020? Two and a half years. Two and a half years? No, okay. two and a half years, since 21. Okay, so where are you going next? I'm staying here. <laughs> I'm staying in the valley. I just wanted you to say that on record so I can play this back to you <laughs> after you move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty grounded here. I like it. Good, good. Um, I'm trying to think of what else do we need to know um, for, for anyone looking to expand their mind and become their full self. Where should they start? Let's say they're well, like a rock, like me. Obviously, on my Instagram page, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, um, hey, go, hey, go right ahead. That's what, well, that's what we're here for. Con- yes, I would love to connect with anyone who is feeling like they would like to expand their life. Because as Einstein said, the same thinking that got us to a, a destination cannot get us out of it. So there is always like external help that will... Number one, it's more fun working with someone trying to figure out all this shit because it's pretty intense. And number two, you're going to get more growth when you talk to your guides than if you're muddling around just trying to figure it out by yourself. Like, it, it, and yeah. So uh, my Instagram is Sarah, S A R A H underscore T H E underscore S T R O N G. And I do have a website. That is sarahjstrong.com. But going back to your question, Alan, about where, where can they start, I would say having a very basic meditation practice is a very good place to start. So finding a local group to join. I do have a meditation group at 5.30 MT. We are now every Tuesday night. And meditating in a group is always better as just if you're starting. Obviously, a lot of you out there will already be meditators. Sometimes meditation is very difficult to commit to on a regular basis because there's there's so many more other fun things to do. I have created some flows of meditation that are very fun to do and uh, well, uh, would welcome sending out some free meditations to your listeners who, who would like them. So if you connect with me through my website, there's a free download on my website that you can go to. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-J, strong, S-T-R-O-N-G, dot com. They, they can grab a free download there and you can check out some of my offerings. And then from there... 
is f- figuring out what brings you the most joy in your life and then figuring out how you can make money out of that and then birthing whatever it is that you can make money that you can perpetuate a life of joy because that is what act- that's actually what living on earth is about and the essence of it is about living your highest expression of joy so finding something that you can make money with that you can enjoy is the essence of life that that's the part i have never figured out is how to have fun and make money it's either one or the other so (laughs) yep so okay Um, there's a way to marry that and i've helped many people to to do that and I, I would love to help more people do that. Great. So what was that Instagram one again? I, I, I missed, I saw the Sarah Strong. What was in the middle? It's Sarah with an H underscore yeah. the T-H-E underscore oh, T-H-E. strong. Yeah, oh, okay. S-T-R-O-N-G. Now now, it, now it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'll make sure I put those on the screen for everyone to see. And... Let's see. What uh, what else do we need to cover here? Um, I know it also says you discuss darker topics of life. Um, what are some of those? What do you consider darker top topics of life? So shadow work. We still go into shadow work from an expansion point. So if somebody has, I do a lot of inner child work with people, clearing out like patterns of behavior that are holding people back and looking into what is in the shadow that once is out of the shadow will release into expansion. That is a darker, that this is a darker topic. So going into the shadow work, And we go in there with, it's not like, I mean, I'm very joyful being, as you may have gathered, (laughs) Alan, that there is, this is fun shit. Like this, the shadow work becomes fun in the portal that we co-create together. And there is so much power and so much healing and so much beauty when, when people are ready to look at that which holds them back. And that is the shadow self. And often in the ego and the inner child and the inner teenager, there's these energies that they're just, they're just not serving coming into the fullness, stepping into purpose, stepping into the fullest power that people can be in. So yeah, a lot of inner child work and it's beautiful. It's fun. It's playful. We like, I help people nurture their inner child so they can really start to, play again, have fun again, and then once they are in the fun, it's all about, okay, let's go into creation. So creation is so easy from fun. And then then life just flows in a different way. It flows in a much more open way. Uh, There's less emotion. I help also help people decode codependency and um, like – live a life that is more based on their own worthiness rather than receiving it from external places. So all this uh, 
coaching knowledge that you've obtained? Is this all come from spirit and and beings, or have you had schooling or anything? Or so I have worked with a coach for nearly four years now. Every mm -hmm. I'm I literally have had one month's break in four years. Nearly four years. It, it'll be four years in March. So I've done, in 21, I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and I did every single one of her group courses that she ran the entire year. So it was 2020, 2021, 22, and 23. I've had one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching with the same coach. So it's it's really about, and, and always when she's, like I'm not just there for my own growth and my own expansion. I'm continually honing in my skills as a coach with what feels good what with what she does. So I'm always like taking paying attention, okay, so at the end of a big channel that I receive, the certain things that she asks, the nuances, like what like I, I'm always paying attention to everything that's going on in the session so that I can continue to hone how I'm showing up and how like I'm and I'm also continually cleaning my own energy field and my own things and my own old patterns my own shit that holds me back so I feel like I feel like that is essential for my growth and how I, the integrity of how I hold space is to continually be working on myself in that way as well so I love my coach and at this moment in time I'm I'm very attached <laughs> to the growth I receive, the expansion I receive until I'm just flying and, you know, fully realized in every single area of my life, which I'm not quite there yet. Um, I will have a coach in my life. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just, just curious if you, you know, been to, been to college or med school or any of that stuff, or if this is all coming naturally, uh, from spirit and, and things like that. So yeah, a lot of yeah. it has come from spirit. And I mean, a lot of it actually comes from having, having a coach that mm -hmm. opens the channel and helps me to see myself at a deeper level. That's awesome. So Thanks. it seems like, uh, this last few years since you've become enlightened is a, is a lot different than the first, part of your life I guess uh, a lot a lot brighter and a lot happier and you've got a beautiful yeah. smile so obviously things are things are working in the right direction yes so. they are very much so I guess maybe just a few words in closing to your listeners Alan and everyone out there going through the things this year has been a very intense energy year for everyone and for those of you who are awakened to what's happening and know that the energy is shifting. We're actually receiving so much light right now that's uplifting all of humanity. And then what is happening over the course of the next 21 years as we're coming to the age of Aquarius? I feel like I might might have gotten that wrong. It might be 12. I, I, I Don't quote me on that. But we are receiving a crystalline light body. Our, our, our physical form is changing from a carbon-based life form into a crystalline light body. So the more you can become aware of toxins in the diet, alcohol, 
drugs, pharmaceuticals, preservatives, colors, flavorings, sugar, anything that is not a natural sugar? substance. Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> um, like just becoming more aware that these things are going to fall away more naturally anyway. You're going to, you're going to notice like leaning more towards whole foods and that's going to be more nourishing to you. Going to be, you're going to want to just feed your body with higher frequency whole foods and maybe not all of the time, you know, but it's just like be aware that these shifts will become more natural. Maybe you'll forget about having coffee. Maybe not, but maybe you, you just, become more sensitive and be at, and and know that you need to reduce the amount of caffeine you have in your life or there'll be things that will start to naturally fall away and a meditation practice is amazing doing good exercise is amazing getting out in nature and connecting with nature on a regular basis earthing putting your bare feet onto the ground onto the earth onto grass sand beach whatever you can hugging trees like connecting with nature in an in an intimate way will help you be more like supported with these shifts doing things like salt baths and toning vocal toning singing chanting uh, sound healing having massages doing float tanks these these types of things just help support your physical body go through these changes so if you would like to have a more elevated experience of that, start feeling into some of these changes, the diet changes, the small maybe having like having some good vitamins and things like that to really just help support your bodies into the, the changes that are coming in a much more elevated way next year. Yeah, I definitely want to have you back on again okay. uh, in the future. Awesome. Yep. Um, for now, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Well, thank you. I just wanted to thank you as well. That was absolutely incredible, Alan. Thank you for your amazing questions, for your insight, for your creative mind. It like I have never been asked some of those questions and I appreciate it beyond because you well, bring that's... out more wisdom that I I can't ask myself these questions. So I need you just as much as you need me. So you have brilliant talent in my opinion. Yeah. So thank you too. Appreciate well, you. I appreciate that. Your lying skills are great. Okay. <laughs> the big orange monster with not much hair and teeth on his lips. You just stand there. Don't worry.